everybody. Welcome to the Just Talking Podcast. Uh, if you could give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. And a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to email justtalkingquestions at gmail.com. Thanks, Thanks so much. Bye. dream guys today is gonna be a great episode it really is because we have a very good friend of ours mariah uh, yeah i don't know if you realize there's somebody here somebody <laughs> seated somebody seated here and we've been friends with mariah for what nine years now nine, has nine, it been nine how long ago yeah it yeah nine? almost 10 we met yeah. in 2011 mm -hmm. uh, uh mariah went to tcu with us um, yeah, frog camp yes memories yeah. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> were in the same dorm. Uh, mm -hmm. Very quickly, did we realize that Mariah would be a part of our life until the end of our days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we needed her. <laughs> not in, only in numerous ways. Not only is she an incredible friend, but yes. she is so freaking smart. Yes, and has worked her ass off in her field. Um, oh. And we, I, I mean, obviously, we love having you as a guest on the podcast. But it's mm -hmm. also just nice to have a friend. It is. Yes. Especially in these hard times. In these. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so we definitely want, uh, because Kelly and I will fuck it up, uh, trying to <laughs> explain exactly uh, what Mariah does and uh, where she is at her point in her uh, career. So Mariah, if you do yeah. want to take a moment and just kind of let people know what's going on, what you're doing, where mm. you're headed. Oh, yeah. Lord. Okay. <laughs> Lots of things. Um, so I'm getting my PhD in clinical psychology. I'm officially a doctoral candidate. So that <laughs> means that I just have to defend my dissertation and do my internship. Um, That's so hot. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, and as like with all graduate training, you are unpaid labor for many years getting mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. yes. Yeah. So at this point, I have been a clinician for, oh, Lord. Four years, five years, almost. Wow. And so yeah. that that means that you are seeing patients, mm -hmm. but you are not yeah. compensated for, is that correct? Now I am. So I got my right. master's three years ago, at which point then I was able to be compensated, um, gotcha. provided someone wanted to hire me. Because right. uh, I don't have a license, and when shit hits the fan, if you don't have a license, someone has to take the heat sure that would be my supervisor mm -hmm. um and so that's a lot of the reason why you you don't get paid through training is because you just don't have a license and you're a liability at times because yeah. you're learning definitely yeah. yeah definitely oh my gosh i can't even imagine being a liability as oh you a, can't imagine it i mean no it's no, i mean because I'm, you are one i'm like <laughs> I'm a liability just running around but i can't imagine being like a liability in terms of like a professional oh yeah, field yeah. Like well that you're also doing something that's so personal that it's like you know mm -hmm. these people i mean i don't mean to scare you but you could ruin their lives uh, <laughs> no i i am aware of the the power that i hold don't get me wrong um 
absolutely terrifying. <laughs> you know, being the fr- it was the first year I'm working in a community mental health setting, and there's a client that is significantly older than me because I went in straight after uh, undergrad, so I'm like 23. Yeah, mm-hmm. and telling this person who has seen so much more of the world than I have right, in sure. terms of just life experience mm-hmm. what to do. And so I'm like, yeah, it's a totally different. How do you make somebody like that uh, comfortable with you know being counseled by someone your age i mean the way i kind of approach it is you're getting a new perspective you've been you've been (laughs) you gotta you gotta sell it you gotta sell it you know yeah i'm like you've been trying this for your life you're in here because something's not working yeah Mm -hmm. i'm new i may have an idea yeah yeah Yeah. totally i could be the thing that works (laughs) you don't know also you you know empathy you could just be empathetic at any point Yeah. yeah yeah That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. So the the reason why we're having Mariah on today is because um, in one of our previous episodes we mentioned something about a uh, pregnant gentleman who was pregnant. Um, yes. Was that what we did? Yes. So <laughs> that was it. No, I believe we did that. Okay. So you did do that. However, <laughs> it wasn't what it was like. Oh, I should talk to them on the podcast. It was yeah, yeah. more of I think you had said something like. We need to learn. Someone needs to tell us. Someone needs to educate us. And I, you know, my dissertation is more so on, like, feminism Mm -hmm. and identification and attitudes and and eating behaviors. Mm -hmm. But I specialize in LGBTQIA um, plus psychology and trying to be a competent clinician working with marginalized groups. And so... I was like, I'd be willing to talk with you, being yeah. the dumbass that I am, thinking I wouldn't be talking to you on the podcast. We'd just be having <laughs> champagne <laughs> away from it. But hey, Kelly and I I'm like, down. No, we're actually we're gonna film it. No, uh, no, no. If you're gonna take the time to say these important things, so we can at least get it on tape. Um, <laughs> and that way, when we forget. We can look, look back, back and, and say, say no, nope, Kelly and Allie, it, remember, Mariah it, told you. She told you. <laughs> she told you right here. This is the timestamp at 16 minutes and 43 seconds. She told you you were idiots. <laughs> so, so what we're really looking for here is that Kelly and I are trying to learn um, because we uh, trying to learn is a hilarious <laughs> phrase. I'm not it's saying like, I'm going to walk away from this being a perfect angel, Kelly. I'm just saying that I'm going to put in my, you know, 100%. Let me put it this way, Mariah. I'm going to try to hear you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a good amount today about uh, just uh, different things going on with with. Mm-hmm. I mean, gender is something that over the past, you know. And I might even be wrong in saying this, 20, 30 years has become more and more of a very, uh, it's a hot conversation. It's a hot conversation. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I think it's fair to say that we've developed the language to talk about gender in ways that we historically haven't. Because, I mean, there's, there's a long history of gender divergent experiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And it's not, it's not as though, like everybody who feels the way they do today did not exist mm-hmm. prior yeah. it's just now it's you know aren't they a little about. aren't they in like either thailand or taiwan aren't they like ahead of the game in terms of gender isn't there like there, i swear to god there's a country <laughs> I, it's either taiwan or thailand where they they've been doing gender differently for a while now so i know yeah. in india i'm i don't exactly remember the the actual term and classification but there 
is um like not a spiritual or religious but there is um acknowledgement of another gender um that would be and i keep in mind i'm i'm a cisgender female woman person like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm trying to have a conversation with you all because i the way i see it similar to what we should expect of any majority group Mm-hmm. we need to have conversations as well so that way the onus isn't on the marginalized groups to educate us absolutely right. um absolutely right and so they it's i think at least in indigenous and native communities they have a concept called two-spirit in which an individual uh acknowledges both masculine and feminine um <laughs> sorry he's he has very important thoughts on gender that he wants to share <laughs> Um, <laughs> Sorry, but <everybody. laughs> no, there's many countries that have a, a history of acknowledging multiple genders aside mm-hmm. from the binary that we kind of exist in in the United States or historically have existed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's interesting how disconnected America is. America. When was the last time you called it America? <laughs> Well, I have a best friend named America, so that's true. Yeah. That's true. But <laughs> normally you call it the Great U.S., the United States, but here in America, here in America, <laughs> sound like a <laughs> six-year-old yeah. newscaster. Yeah, yeah. Here in America, yeah. we have um, <laughs> but we have like no. I mean, in my humble opinion, uh, barely a tie to spirituality. I mean, in terms of yeah, like, there's all not that- a lot of. We're so individualistic. There's just yeah. not a lot of unity at all, and a lot of unity comes from spiritual mm-hmm. guidance, yeah. or you know, yeah. I least, mean, I mean, people don't. I mean, you know, people, people, in, they call uh, us one nation under God. But have you seen these people? <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, yeah. They're they're not doing so hot. <laughs> no, they're not. The only thing we're under is the damn sun, girl. It is getting hot. <laughs> well, not in here. the Pacific Northwest. Like, let's be real. It's cloudy. Oh, that is true. Yeah, very that little is cloudy true. here. <laughs> and you know, it, 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 this is actually a really good place to be learning about all this stuff because the Pacific Northwest is very progressive in terms of yes. mm-hmm. you know uh, g- gender norms and and sexuality and all that kind of stuff, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, I'd be lying if I said some of it I was like a, not a little uncomfortable. But I mean, sometimes sure. we go into stores. There's stores out here that have like pins and buttons and all this stuff that are like sexual buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And se- I mean, I'm just- with you, but I don't. I, I just I like for me personally, you know, going into places. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I don't need to. I don't need to see bumper stickers with dicks on them and vagina. It's just see it's that's how I thing. feel too. But is there something wrong with us? What well, do you yeah, think? because it's just the body. <laughs> I mean, go ahead. No tea, no shade to Connecticut, but it's very Connecticut. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a body, right? Like, I know what does it so, matter? So, but why am I so uncomfortable by it? Because, <laughs> well, there's a giant taboo about vulvas, about penises, uh-huh. about everything, the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing, because they're uh, like, you know, how do we break it within yeah, ourselves? Yeah, what do we do? We gotta fuck everybody. <laughs> I mean, we must have sex with everybody, everybody. we know. If, if you want to take that route, I support you. Be safe. Get tested. Um, I won't be safe. I'll do it with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now that's protection. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, like, you know, being from the South, I had my own experience of trying yeah. to get not used to, but okay with talking about sex, okay with, um, because my original dissertation topic was on social norms as predictors of sexual satisfaction. Um, and I did that for like three years. Oh, um, and just interacting with it and listening to it and hearing people talk about it so candidly. Right. Um, like, cause when you grow up referring to a penis as like a pee pee, you're not really going to take anything seriously and not really going to want to actually talk about a penis. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, and here's the thing, right? Is that with uh, Kelly and I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even, there was no name for it. It was not even spoken about. You had and family it, members that have them. I know, but it didn't would, matter. It would didn't even, matter. Not to my knowledge. <laughs> they have. They did. They. The only thing. The only thing that it was referred to as private parts. That's that was it. it. That was it. The entire time. Mariah. Oh, he's got his privates out. His privates out. <laughs> and you're like, you're I like, mean, what? If. <laughs> What is going on? Which, if you like, grew up around the military, you're like, <laughs> oh, you're a little confused. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His there's just, there's just large groups of people in uniform walking around. Like, what's happening? The first time I heard the word penis out loud was when a group of fifth grade boys told me in the lunch line that their whole table was referring to me as penis. That was oh. my nickname. In front of my own oh. parents. That was the first time I heard it out loud oh, said Lord. to me was that people were calling me it. Those dudes rock. <laughs> and I literally, there was a there was a teacher in the lunch line who looked at me and saw my face was like beat red. I was so embarrassed. She was like, Allie, what's going on? I was like, I can't. I tell can't you. say it. I cannot tell you. And she was like, you have to tell me. And I was like, they're calling me a name. And she was like, what name? And I was like, don't. <laughs> and I in this like 65 year old woman's ear in the lunch line I very quietly whispered I was like penis <laughs> and she was like she was like oh my gosh and she grabbed me by my hand and she took me to the principal's office and I had to report what they were doing yeah this well, is the penis girl right here. This right is here. what they all call penis. Which, I just wanted to know what about me. I just, if I had five <laughs> minutes, I just wanted five minutes with them to understand you? What, it, you? what it was about my head or my shape or something. You wanted to do a focus group? Yeah, I just wanted to know what was going on. I'm just baffled by the fact that the teacher pulled you into the principal's office to oh, like go and report it and, and not pull in <laughs> the boys that were all at a table together that they're 12 at they're the 12. oldest like why can't you just like round them up it's not like hurting cats and take I them know. to the principal's why office why do i have to why do i have I to go know. i'm the one being harassed i don't know ridiculous i, I know yeah. well kim and john our, our lovely parents they even now when i ex explaining something to them i will say male genitalia what? Do you really? I am 27. Kelly, Gosh I, darn no, years no, no, old. no, you got to break that. I've broken what, it. Why are you talking about penises and balls to your parents like a coroner? <laughs> <laughs> that is my concern. <laughs> male uh, genitalia? Male you gen use that phrase? Genitalia. Genitalia. Like I'm a fucking scientist or something. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why. I feel so uncomfortable. I won't even say 
I won't say boob, tit. I'll say I'll, I'll say I'll, tit. I'll say I'll say tit. To I'll my, say to my, I'll mother. S- to my mom. I will say a well the woman's chest. That is how. You gotta break it, Kelly. This is why I'm not getting anywhere because you're double downing on these terms on the phone with them. I don't know how to do it. Like I'm a monster. I don't know how to do it. Do you want to talk to my mom first? She's great practice. <laughs> like just, just hey, um, hey. can Hi, we just Michelle. talk about days <laughs> for a little bit? <laughs> you need to, you know. It's just. It's just, <laughs> it's it's just hard. I don't know why they just because I think it's I don't know. It's whenever I don't know. I, it's, I they, really don't. Know. They are. <laughs> I'm telling you, we did not have any type of sexual conversation. Not once. Ever. It was never explained. Did you have it? Um, it was an ongoing, which honestly is probably the best way to go about it because mm-hmm. you should constantly, in my opinion have age-appropriate conversations with your kids starting from, like, three, four. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you're not going to go into, like, graphic detail. Of course. Um, but they have their bits. They should know what they're, you know, what they're yeah. about. Because if, you know, God forbid something happens, how yeah. are they going to communicate that? Um, but I remember on the way to school, I think I was in fifth – or no, I was in sixth grade. I was in middle school. And Heather, my older sister, is talking about something to my mom – um, about a boy who like may have a crush on her or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't paying attention, mm-hmm. and my mom's like says something about a Woody, and <laughs> and and my my like sheltered Disney ass is like, why are they talking about Toy Story now? <laughs> and so she calls to like the back of the car, like, do you know what that is? Um, and that's and that's when I and learned. how old were you? I was. In sixth grade, so twelve, maybe no oh, eleven, okay. yeah, around okay. there. Yeah. Um, Woody. When did they yeah, start? Yeah, that did was they, that was <laughs> the word she chose to describe the boner. Did you have sex education in Texas? So, um, in Texas, it is not required by law to have sex education. If you do decide to teach sex education, it is a requirement to teach abstinence only, in addition to whatever you decide to teach. Um, I know this because at uh, TCU they wanted us. It was like one of our writing classes, and I chose the one about um, it was like biology or like trying to like disseminate science to uh, through writing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "There's a public health problem on college campuses. You know, what one are you going to address? What kind of uh, program are you going to create?" And um, we decided male condoms but not as in, like, male-bodied, as in, like, USPS. Um, And so we wanted to campaign to, you know, get TCU Mm -hmm. to provide condoms Mm -hmm. in your mailbox. That way you didn't have to go down to the health center and grab them out of the little, like, fishbowl or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As a way to help decrease the number of STIs on a campus. That's pretty smart. That is smart. Um, It was for a class. Nothing ever happened because, you know, (laughs) TCU. Right. Um, And that's where I learned that, yeah, that's the law in Texas where you don't have to. So my sex education was taught by a football coach. Uh, loved Classic. him. Great. Yeah. yeah. Hung out with. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Your sex education was taught by a guy. Yeah. So okay. That's so crazy. Was, so was really. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, at my school, they did was you know hippy dippy California laws probably, but it was a guy. Our no, actually, my 
Am I wrong? Mine was a woman. So actually, mine was a woman also. Yeah. The woman came around and taught everybody, but she was like a specialized person that would like mm. go Miss Moustakis. And she, I, the way she drank her water bottle was not appropriate. And that's something that every kid from every school talks about is that Miss Moustakis goes ham on the water bottle. What do you, what, what do you mean? What kind of water bottle did she have? And what Just was like a really no, she enjoying like, she it. She really like yeah. got, got, got down on that thing. Jesus. People were like, she was like really. Miss Masakas. People what? say that stuff. Okay. But then cool. there was also another guy who would teach us. There was a separate thing we took where they would teach us about like STD specifically. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. like big fat guy would be coming to school and be like, you do not want AIDS, man. And he had like, <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. Yeah. He had like a thick like list. Be like, aging, like, fucked up. <laughs> so basically mean girls. Um, Which, I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, So. You have your, like, reproductive education mm-hmm. as your, um, like, I think I got mine in fourth grade where they split up uh, across um, sex. And I'm, I'm doing that because sex is going based off of, like, the biology in terms of yes. primary sex characteristics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and was like, okay, when you go through puberty, this is what it's going to be like. But it was basically a video. Um and they were like, here's a little goodie bag that had, like, a little booklet and a pad, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like, 11 at the oldest at this point because it's, you know, fourth grade, and I'm like, well, nothing's happened, so I don't know what to do with this shit. Yeah. Um, And then in sixth grade, we had, I think it was health, uh-huh. and it was also, like, a one-time thing taught by either some, like, traveling um, it's like almost a traveling circus at this point. <laughs> or like they have the big projector and they're like, you don't want STDs. This is what like gonorrhea looks like. And you're like 13 year old and just having a bunch of hormones. And you're like, no, I don't want that. But what, yeah. do, I, what do I do about this? It's like going on inside me. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then in high school is when I had the one, it was just general health class. Sex was just one chapter and he didn't even really have a lecture he was just like okay write down the terms and their definition and that will be on your test in a couple of weeks and that was it and then uh public school in el paso i guess was really trying to like amp things up and be woke in some way and they're like we're gonna try advanced health which is what sex education should have been even though it wasn't great because i remember doing a macaroni diagram of <laughs> God, of like <laughs> of penis and like the internal like there was definitely like yarn that was like the vast deference and you had to make a dick out the, of macaroni yeah like the an- <laughs> like the anatomical so like you cut a person in half and you get to see all the bits on the inside of like how it goes from the testes through and i literally somebody asked me a few weeks ago to like if i if i could do a diagram of of like a vagina like the whole thing no. could i do i was like no you no clue have one i know but i don't know i don't know i don't know i have no so off the podcast we will do it <laughs> Dude, I could draw one, no problem dogs no uh, do you this is actually a, a real question i do have do you because i think it's silly from a sex education standpoint to have to draw out like the penis and be like the balls connect to here and they shoot up the stuff where do you think it's more important especially for like young boys to be like don't do this with it but it's okay to do that with it 
I mean, do you want to explain a little bit more? You don't you have where, with it. I, I mean, <laughs> is there, is I there a list in your know. head that you, you feel like should be said to a young boy? Here's what you can do. Here's what you, you should not do. Also, do you think you know everything that they shouldn't do with their dicks? <laughs> Like, have you tried literally everything you could possibly do? Well, like physically, <laughs> physically and metaphorically, do you know what I'm saying? Where it's like physically, don't stick it up the uh, vacuum. <laughs> don't stick it. Don't stick it most places. Yeah. There's a very small amount of places that you should be sticking it. I One time I dated a dude who took a loaf of bread and scooped out the middle of it and put it on his dick as a joke, a comedic joke. To show, And then showed it to you? Uh, yes, because he thought it was funny. He was Who like, look, this? there's is bread it? on my dick. Who is this? <laughs> and then two days later, he had a yeast infection. Is this Neil? He, he, of course. I was like, did he get a yeast infection? That Jesus a, Christ. That's a real yeast infection. It was okay. one of the funniest things. When he called me and he was like, ah, I went to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my fucking mind. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think... I think that you you what you really need in the health <laughs> class is somebody saying what actual sex is yeah. because you know the dick goes in the vagina but you're like but how well I mean <laughs> what do you mean well also there is um, I can't remember which religion so I'm not gonna and also probably best to not call them out I don't want everyone after me um, sure <laughs> where we have a big like one of the population of Hindu listeners. <laughs> Where like you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it's not them. Um, where the like loophole is, you can't have sex, but you can stick your penis in her vagina and just not move because it's the movement. Soaking, ah. soaking, soaking is what they call it. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, That's it's, it's, it's like the people that are like, I'm still a virgin because I've only done anal. Yeah, the anal thing is very confusing. Yeah, I don't, I don't as, as religion, it's, I, I, it's pretty straightforward. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you. Oh, as a religion, is that what you? Well, no, not as a religion. As oh a, my god, a could thing. you yeah. imagine? It probably is in no, San Francisco. I'm an I'm so, analyst. Doing <laughs> San Francisco worshiping. Doing me. anal for that is zero to sixty, my friends. That is way too. I yeah, mean, who yeah. goes? Who goes? Oh, I just I'm not gonna have sex. I'm just gonna try anal. That is a, a lot of people. I know they yeah. do religious. Chicks, yeah. your nail just broke over the table. I had a lot talk. of feelings oh about that. that. But I know I, there's some horror stories of people who have done the anal Well, a lot of people do because stuck. they're like, you know, they well, they want to remain yes. a virgin for religious reasons. Yes, in our this brother's is, grade, this is out uh, of these two, this couple that was. <laughs> it's actual people that we know. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah, yeah. This couple, oh God, this couple, were, they were both yeah, Greek, which really has nothing to do with it. But but you I know what? Sometimes it's fun when you get two. They were both. <laughs> like they were both like really Greek though, you know, like had one of those and it was like Asiophasis, you know, that kind of Guadasopolis or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, what yeah I mean, fact. they had they had Greek last names. I mean, it was like whoa. Um, but those last names with like three Ks and four Ys in them, you're like what? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that ends up being the least interesting thing about them when you find out. That they actually had to go to the hospital because the guy got his dick stuck in the girl's ass. They had to go to the hospital to get it surgically removed. You're yeah. lying. I... She's not lying. They had to go so... to the hospital like, like, yes. like two ca- dogs you... or cats because that happens to animals a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you seen Sex Sent Me to the ER? I was gonna say, excuse you. Um, what did you say? 
there's a show on <laughs> oh. TLC called Sex Sent Me to the but ER. But that's all like broken boners and such. Not necessarily. Oh, dear. <laughs> broken boner sounds like... Well, it's uh, a, a muscle. broken boner. It sounds like a Green Day song. It's a, it's a muscle... <laughs> so it's a muscle group, right? Uh-huh. And so what you do because of the like the intense blood flow and whatnot it, it breaks because of you know it can break any freaking mm-hmm. way um it's almost like a, a really severe sprain I, I think is at least how i conceptualize it i don't have a penis so i can't speak to this um why am i visualizing it as like one of those snap bracelets where it's like <laughs> a straight line and then you hit it too hard and it Here's curls under no <laughs> oh yeah it's a fracture it's a t- yep a there you go. Fracture. Yep. Yeah. Um, it yeah. happened to Dennis Rodman. Oh, that's right. That's really funny to happen to a guy with the last name Rodman. So yeah, that's good. So I'm. So what is it? How do you? How do you look at your dick and go? I have a penile fracture. I bet uh, you, you feel, feel it. it. I would. I would know, and it's you would, terrifying. Uh, I. I would definitely know. If no, I no. no I, I'm not saying. Penis. Oh, you would know. I mean, like you would. You no, would. You would know. <laughs> um. So I mean, have you pulled your groin? I don't know where my groin is located on my body. All right, this is, <laughs> this is where it starts. Your earlier, your earlier question you know of if there's worth the drawing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Where? Yeah. Where's like, your groin? It's like right there. It's where, the, where it is? So, okay. So tell you me, have like your she's abductors. Wrong for me. Let me just. No, it, it's in the general area. So okay. um, thank you, Bruce, for pulling it up. So yeah, it's between your stomach and your thigh, and it kind of goes across here. Oh, yes, I have yeah. pulled my groin before. Yeah, so mm-hmm. groin pain really um, is not fun. Um, yeah, it hurts. And so, like, you feel it as you walk, too, uh, if you pull it really badly. So I'm, I'm assuming that that type of fracture for oh, a to penis be honest, would actually, be actually, you know, now looking at it, I don't think I have pulled it before. I've pulled it. Is it is it, it is it crazy for me to say I haven't pulled it before? No. no? Oh, okay. A lot of people haven't. Okay. Am I? I mean, <laughs> am I okay? I mean, you're kind of like you're a fine. quirky girl, but <laughs> I'm just quirky like that. I've never pulled my groin. I do. I do have this question in terms. I'm like, of, you have a lot, so you want. We have a lot of questions. I do. I into none well, of I, no, 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 no. We did. Oh, we okay. did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but what the tying back to the health thing, and just like growing up and the idea of sex and everything. Do you think that? The romanticization of the whole thing is should be cut out of it. Romanticism, yeah, romanticism. When you romanticize sex, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think that's just because in my head I'm like, why were we told that the first time should be this glorious thing? Because then you won't do it because you're building it up in your head, like, oh, it's supposed to be this perfect thing, and so when it's not perfect, you're like, oh, this is not the time. See, the thing is, is that for some reason, I never thought it was going to be the end all be all. So I was like, let's just fucking get this out of the way. I had a very dude mentality about it. But a lot of girls, Mm -hmm. a lot of women don't don't get that at all. I feel like I wanted it to be. It was like I wanted it to be special. And then once I realized that it wasn't the first time, then I was like, it's never going to be special again. Mm -mm. That was what was in my head was that it was just like, okay, this sucked. So chances are it'll suck again at other parts of time. And which that's unfortunate. Like, Like sex shouldn't suck. Right, well, it shouldn't. I mean, you can suck during sex, but it shouldn't suck. Hey, come it. Yeah, it's 
And I think a lot of it is when you're socialized as a woman because mm-hmm. there is this like dichotomy of you're supposed to be a sexual creature but also a prude yeah, because right. you got to keep that locked down. And so if you're thinking that it's special, you'll want to do it but only at certain points. You'll still guard it. Because we have to be desirable but also pure. God. Ugh. My yeah. least favorite thing is whenever a guy is like, I like her because she's innocent. I'm like, ugh. ugh. Disgusting. <laughs> like, like, that's why, a predator. Yeah, that drives that- me nuts. <laughs> well, that's why I also find it weird when, okay, and I, 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 maybe you can help me with this because it really is something that bothers me. I cannot stand when women, I, I don't, I don't give a shit what you post of yourself and all this good jazz, but when people post saying that they are so uh, horrified um, by pedophiles and then post themselves looking like babies online, that is very like strange sexualizing to me. themselves as like a baby, like with a. It's very bizarre. It's happening. Um, like, like, oh, are hold you on. are you saying like with like a, a so rattler let's, let's, or like somebody who's like. Somebody who will literally like post online being like, um, I hate creepy men, all this stuff. And then the pictures that they post of themselves are in lingerie, making themselves look like a baby. Like or a making, teenager or a kid. Or like the little thing. the little pigtails like having I've seen girls with yeah. a fucking like diaper oh. thing on and like a pacifier. Oh, well, this honestly and probably I, deserves <laughs> a little bit of context. <laughs> Stop this is a little bit of context for Mariah. Mariah, comedians are mentally ill. Yes, and, many see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, uh, a lot of the times mm-hmm. uh, when comedy is in their strong suit, they end up diving into another realm, um, okay. which sometimes, look, I don't give a fuck if you're hot, you have an OnlyFans, whatever, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. That's your business, whatever. But if if your whole thing starts turning into a um, well, exactly what you said. The, like their their whole bit is like I look like a child. It's like it's very bizarre. I'm very I'm very confused. Like in your mind, would there be a fine line there of them? Like, do you think that is harmful, or do you think it is? helpful not helpful but do you think it's innocuous yeah Yeah. um i think it's weird as hell but so (laughs) so i mean the like i'm trying to think the like incongruency between like pedophiles are terrible and i'm gonna like dress up as a sexualized baby um that's their own thing. They can figure that out in their own therapy. <laughs> and whatnot. Um, I, I can't. I can't speak well, that to that. That's not my job. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it might be if they come and see me, but until they're my actual client, it's uh, not yeah, my yeah. circus, not my monkeys. Um, <laughs> but sexualizing children, or at least very um, like childlike things. Like, um, like a girl with a teddy bear wearing like pigtails, like that being a thing on porn, like that's not great. Like, yeah, honestly, it bothers me. Um, <laughs> and if like not to yuck anyone's yum, there is like there's a fine line between having like a kink that you do with consenting adults right. that is, you know, what you choose to do. 
that could then be harmful in terms of the way you perceive others that don't want to engage with it that cannot consent yeah right yeah so yeah. yeah there are those two different okay that here's here's my thing if i if i fucking follow you because you're a comedian okay mm-hmm. i didn't sign up for you dressing like a a baby okay don't get mad at me when i don't want to see it yeah don't exactly don't get mad at me when i unfollow you for doing i think that i think that's the weirdest part when people get mad at you for being like no offense i don't want to see you naked yeah, yeah. i don't this and there, there's some things i think it should be understandable that it's like there's some things that just make other people uncomfortable that they don't want to see and they yeah. shouldn't be i mean people unfollow me all the time for shit that i say not what i really look like or maybe they do unfollow me for what i look like too i don't know but <laughs> my <laughs> my point is is that I don't take offense if somebody like listens to an episode of just talking and is like, I really don't like this. This makes me, you know, uncomfortable. Then don't, listen. Then don't listen to it. If you then don't, don't if you don't like it, it, it's fine. But it's not, yeah. I'm not offended by that. No. Um, and it's the same thing where it's like if you want to uh, post uh, basically nudes on your Instagram and stuff, that, that's fine to do that but you have to understand that there's a market for it and there's a lot of people who aren't looking to view that kind of stuff. So you yeah. can't be mad about it when well, people don't want to see it. Especially with comedians. I mean, this is something I think that, I mean, all three of us uh, definitely saw a lot of, and a lot of comedians saw a lot of, is that at the very beginning of quarantine, mm-hmm. like a few weeks into it, and I don't know if it's just they're not getting the normal attention they're used to when mm-hmm. it's they're doing live shows and they're doing whatever, yeah. but a lot, a lot of female comedians got into like the like 99% nude posting game mm-hmm. on Instagram. Not like it's a game where like I'm 99% nude. They were just like, look at my breasts. Yeah. I don't know why I said breasts. Like, look at them. <laughs> look at my breasts. But there's also, so there's that. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to hear your opinion on that. And then also, I, this is a, I'm trying my best to not sound uh, misogynistic, um, but in, Kelly and I try our best to. I understand with, that, but it's in <laughs> comedy where I think it's almost like a weird back and forth thing. But like, there are people in comedy, mm-hmm. especially like it's a men, like men and women are together all over, and it's like mm-hmm. I personally find that I find it hard to, in some situations. I don't know if respect is the right word, but if it's like there's somebody where that is my peer mm-hmm. and whether they're funny, whether they're not, if they are doing this, but they're also like all they post online is like them all the way, like basically naked. And their mm-hmm. whole thing is like, oh, I do stand up in a bikini sometimes. And I'm like, look at my Instagram. And I have a lot of followers on Instagram because I'm a hot chick and I mm-hmm. like show mm-hmm. my tits for the most part. And then that is somebody where sometimes where I'm like, I have an issue seeing them as my peer Mm -hmm. because they aren't talented per se. They're relying on a gimmick when they're relying on kind of a gimmick. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm, and it's a weird back and forth that I think I have with a lot of people like kind of in the same opinion that are like, why do I need to respect this person as an artist a, and as my peer, Mm -hmm. if they don't rely on, talent or artistry they rely on physical whatever well mm-hmm. and and that's the thing right and I'm, I'm not a comedian but ideally you wouldn't have to really rely on physical comedy for your stand-up yeah from from this completely person kind of perspective and so that's a big part of it but at the same time if like it what's comedic about being in a bikini like yeah at the end of the day 
breasts are breasts, right? Yeah. Like, they don't ha- have to be sexualized. We sexualize them, but mm-hmm. they don't have to and they shouldn't be. Like, a nipple's a nipple, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But it's... I think it's playing off of the fact that it is very taboo for for women to show so much of their bodies mm-hmm. and then trying to certain like, no, I have a right to do this. But when it's done in the name of comedy, if that's the message, it really undermines it, not to mention undermines your comedic abilities. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's also I mean, it's it's using that as a way to advance your career in an area that that that's not important but you're mm-hmm. using it as a tool whereas other people like like Bruce you're not going to pose naked to advance your comedy career that's not a thing but women hot actually, women it would, it would actually take it the opposite direction <laughs> if, i'm just saying but hot <laughs> women can do that yeah mhm i mean well it's kind of like and you'll there's a thing in comedy too where women who are like legitimately beautiful will purposefully dress themselves down in mm-hmm. a certain way where this is like if like Whitney Cummings is a good example of that where it's like she's mm-hmm. a very good looking woman mm-hmm. but she's not going to go on stage in something that's like super crazy revealing yeah. and will pretty much like dress down to a certain point because mm-hmm. she's a great comedian and is like I want to be appreciated as mm-hmm. comedian. the comedian that yeah. I am and not because I'm just some chick on stage well yeah. and it's and it's uh you know it is borderline uh to me, it's it, it, there's a bit of self-awareness, obviously, obviously, that's missing with with these people who are posting themselves basically nude and then getting on, you know, like Bruce is saying, same show that Bruce is on and acting as though they're there for the exact same reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like it, there has to be a little bit of an understanding that it's like, yeah, I am on this show. And I need to prove myself as a comedian being on this show because the way I got on this show is not for my comedy. So Mm -hmm. I need to prove myself as a comic if I am going to be here because that is my job right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with if you were to walk into a modeling agency and, uh, you know, all the girls are there, they've been busting their asses, uh, with photographers and stuff like that. And you show up. And yeah, you have nice pictures of yourself online, but uh, the way you got there is because the uh, director of the shoot liked your personality. Yeah. It's the same thing. The other models are going to be like, she didn't bust her ass in the way that we did. Yeah. It's the same thing. They're going to be annoyed. Yeah. They're going to be annoyed. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with a patient that you don't like? (laughs) Um, (laughs) That is, I'm like, I guess it would depend on why I don't like them, right? Um, do you feel like, well, no, go ahead. Because I have another follow up question. To <laughs> okay. This. Go ahead. Um, so if I don't like them because they're like pushing on my own buttons, mm-hmm. um, I, a lot of times just like process and talk with my supervisor as to like what buttons the person is pressing yeah. and, and why, because it's their therapy. We shouldn't be dealing with my shit with, with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, totally. If I mean. they are, you know, just outright being like misogynistic or racist assholes and I don't like them because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's like mental loop-de-loops just trying to <laughs> figure out like where the pain is really coming from, if that makes sense. Because if mm-hmm. they're saying something like I had someone tell me 
if um, I was Mexican, my life would be a lot easier and they were white. Um, <laughs> and I'm and I'm sitting, you know, there and I'm looking at myself and I'm like, she knows I'm Mexican, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I literally just, because I, I had, you know, said something along the lines that definitely told her what my identity is because I'm right. biracial. And um, it was one of those things of like, really? That, that's really that's just, where you yeah. really wanted to go? But it was honestly, it wasn't even about my identity. It wasn't about um, Mexican individuals. It was about the fact that she grew up with a crappy family. What was her reasoning for that? For saying that if she was Mexican, it would be better? Uh, so there was a lot of... Um, not misconceptions, but there was a lot of just, like just stereotypes. I think of they really value family, and you stay together, and you just like look after family because they're family. Mm-hmm. And because she did not have that, want she was just like obviously this person. There was like some celebrity that she really looked up to, um, and you know this person has a great life and this is their identity and we're basically the like she got the same tattoos um can we know what the celebrity is i don't remember otherwise yeah um it it was chewy from chelsea (laughs) (laughs) mexican with tattoos mexican tattoos see that almost is Uh, interesting where i don't know about life being easier because on the surface that sounds like a weird um like oh well mexicans got it like this but it and it's i think that she just probably came off the wrong way because it's almost like a i wish i was a different of a different culture because if that i was of a different culture Mm -hmm. i would my family would care more about each other (laughs) it's just a strange it's a weird thing to say like what you you should say is uh sometimes i wish i grew up with a better family yeah. If yeah. that because makes total the, sense, but the connection the, between of Mexican the two is throwing me for a bit of a loop. So, so people what, just make connections, yeah, all the know? time. Yeah. So what? So if you were to let's say you had somebody that made you like uncomfortable to a point where you're like, I don't think. Like, wh- are you able to say to your supervisor, this is simply not a match? Yeah, because obviously, if I'm having so much countertransference that I cannot like work and be present for that client i'm gonna do harm by just having them continue to see me yeah if i'm not gonna be able to provide any kind of interventions because you're not able to do the things that you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. being so distracted by how horrendous they are as a human being or trying to just like manage my own stuff is it is it against the law to send them down a bad path like let's say you had Let's say, <laughs> well, well, let's Ethically, say you had someone you, you hate, right? Yeah, let's say, let's, like no, no, no. let's say, let's say you had a guy who, who, you know, you just yeah, really you didn't like him, <laughs> and you're like, what about divorcing your wife? Or you look at them and you're what like, about? I'm not saying your mom didn't care. I, yeah, like, are you allowed <laughs> to send them into a bit of a spiral? Oh, no, no, well, Kelly, I why don't would you? Because they're already going down a spiral themselves. Uh, yeah, I don't Kelly, know. What are you talking about? I don't also, know. You're in this profession to help people, Kelly. Yeah, but yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you know you see a mess and you go, I could clean it up or I could make a bigger mess. Yeah, not exactly <laughs> how I view the world. Um, yeah, this is why you're not yeah, in our, her shoes. This yeah, is why we're the talk. The we we it, we do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is interesting that you're dealing with an actual person. 
as a plo- to a blow up doll? Like, what would I be dealing with? No, <laughs> no, it's Kelly, just, Kelly's it's just really to, interesting to think to, of the gravity of yes, the situation. She's I mean, to put in perspective you how are, much you're, you're yes, so important yes, exactly. to these people. I mean, lives. you could really do some damage Kelly. if you thought about it. This is why I don't do it. Because yes. there are some people, I swear to God, we if I had like a racist guy. Kelly cannot help but feed into whatever. If somebody's crazy. crazy, she does not. She just need to needs see how far to know more. <laughs> well, also, like, the people that I see are not inherently crazy, right? Like, just because I'm a right. mental health professional. Of course. Um, and I'm not even talking about mentally crazy. Just like, like they make they're, bad decisions. They're a little off the rocker, yeah, yeah. you know. It's not clinical. Mm-hmm. It's just they're a little goofy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No. Um. The first, I'm fairly certain it's the first standard of in our ethics code is do no harm. So I'm pretty sure that would go against it. Yeah, that would probably do that. Yeah, that. I did. Be. I, I did want to ask you, um, because. You know, obviously, there's so many things that you are taught um, that. Uh, have probably even since the beginning of your education in this field have changed over time or new developments have been made Mm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you have that uh, as an opinion from uh, years of experience in this field that you think would be an unpopular opinion but you would love to educate more people on um, or change somebody's viewpoint on it and sorry i'm just like baffled by the question because like something that i've learned something or something that you've learned that perhaps you disagree with Mm -hmm. that you look at and you say this isn't i don't through my experience i'm seeing something different so there's Mm. i think within psychology especially like historically there's very much been the view that if you're a therapist the mental health professional the doctor however you want to refer to them you are like a blank slate like you are not supposed to bring Mm. anything in Mm. you um like everything that happens is about the client and they're projecting onto you like you have no feelings you are just a robot basically Mm -hmm. um and that's a fairly antiquated view and it's definitely getting um not to be a big thing anymore, but there was still like some people that I interacted with uh, through my training that had that point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just not feasible. Right. Honestly, yeah. like if I'm seeing clients as, as I do right now, looking the way that I do, mm-hmm. um, like you, I can't hide my identities. I can't just be very blank. I can't not show who I am. Yeah. Especially since at least how I work, I'm very relational. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about, the relationship in the therapy room and how that can be reparative and hopefully repair other areas of their life. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. they'll learn better like communication skills or whatever it is that they're wanting to focus on Mm -hmm. and just be able to translate that into the rest of their world from Mm -hmm. practicing it in in therapy. Do you feel like when you show a bit more of yourself, do you feel like the relationship develops at a quicker rate like a they get more comfortable with you because they're like this is a person who i'm talking to this is i think so um especially when working with um do you work with kids at all yeah i used to i hated it but mostly because (laughs) 
I, I didn't hate the kids. I hated the, the parents. parents. Uh, the parents yeah. were the worst. Oh, God. Um, but if I show, because obviously, again, you don't want to disclose to the point where it's now about you in the therapy room. Right. right? You, you only want to disclose if it's going to be helpful. And mm-hmm. as a feminist psychologist, a lot of times I'll disclose my identities mm-hmm. because I'm not working with someone that has the exact same mm-hmm. identities, yeah. you know, 95% right. of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a part of how I establish and try to bring in rapport and say, like, hey, we're equals here. I'm the expert in psychology. You're the expert in your life. You have these different identities. Mm-hmm. I come with all of these views, and that may, like, come into point. And so if I'm asking questions about it, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. asking questions to learn, and I will learn separately from this room because I don't want you to spend your therapy educating me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Let's talk about, because you're, you know, feminism is such a big part in, um, you know, what you do and what you study and everything. Let's talk about feminism for just a second, because I used to be like, I am a feminist. I am. I am. I don't know what's happening. Over the, what's that? What kind of feminist? Oh, woman. And, uh, (laughs) oh, woman, feminist. I really thought, I really thought. And it's not even that I don't feel that way anymore Mm -hmm. because I do think that I am that way inherently. That's how I think. But I won't tell people anymore. Really? I will not tell people anymore. That's really not that uncommon. Because it, 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 I'm shocked to hear that. Such a backlash Mm -hmm. that I'm like, I literally don't even want. I mean, I don't necessarily it. bring it up, I, but if, if somebody if someone, asks me, if then someone I'll say asked yeah. me, I'd be, I would say, I would say yes, but I don't, I don't talk about it ever. I like, I would never tweet something now mm. saying that I'm a feminist. That just mm. wouldn't happen because. Well, but I think now at a certain point, I mean, I think also at a certain point, maybe in like 2011, 2012, uh, it was kind of like the time to. Uh, announce that you were a feminist like it was very now it's kind of like okay if you're not on board with the equality thing what are we doing yeah i don't mm-hmm. know but i have to tell you i mean almost every single time i see a twitter profile that has feminist in the thing mm-hmm. and then i read their tweets they annoy me i don't know why well it's just not something that you're it's not something that you are looking for in regards to social media entertainment wise or whatever I mean, it's... Well, I think I just don't... I don't... Maybe it's that I want it to be so normalized that I don't know if it should even be broadcasted anymore. It's almost like... No. Maybe if diverse sexual orientations were normal, we wouldn't necessarily have a coming out thing. We wouldn't assume people are heterosexual. Exactly. Um, Because, honestly, um, a lot of women won't say that they are... a. feminist for a number of reasons but mostly because of the stigma and the backlash yeah um i mean feminism in and of itself feels exclusionary because we're talking about the female experience in the name right it's feminism right um but it's similar to other movements in terms of like civil rights movements the chicano movement the black Lives matter movement Mm -hmm. you're gonna really try and bring attention to that marginalized group right Mm -hmm. You have a bunch of houses. A house is on fire. You're not going to spray all the houses with water. You're going to direct it there. Um, And there's also... God, I think I came across 10 different types of feminism. Because there's liberal, there's socialist, there's radical, there's... um, I'm not radical about anything. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) 
I literally, I don't have the energy <laughs> to be radical about yeah. shit. Yeah, but there's like ecofeminism. <laughs> there's global feminism. There's so many different types I of don't it. Know. What about, I feel what, like what's, I'm a what's the more... one that's like, hey, everybody, uh, if we could just, you know, be be good that'd be great i feel like I'm what's that on one the lens of a global one <laughs> yeah global because, because it's like well, because i am definitely that type of person who's like i i do understand you know yes over here we think that uh if you wear close to nothing on stage you should be able to do that but in you know across the globe people feel empowered by not showing even their face you know yeah what I mean? yeah so, I don't give a shit what you wear. I mean, the, I don't think you're global feminist. The thing um, is, is that feminism, regardless of the type, it's mm-hmm. always a, a goal of equity for, um, I mean, it's historically been the sexes or genders. Um, but in my opinion, if it's not intersectional feminism, it's not feminism anymore. That's yeah. Um, that's how I kind of. Yeah. I'm definitely. It's the intersectionality that I think is so important. Like, the yeah. understanding that like I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I think is best for me and the women around me. I hope are doing what's best for them. But that might look totally different from mm-hmm. somebody who's across the globe, and so they should yeah. be doing what th- what feels right for them. Also, yeah. shout out to Kimberly Crenshaw, who like originally coined it, I think, if I remember correctly. Kimberly Crenshaw. Yeah. What does she do? Uh, so I think, oh god, she's a professor. I can't remember exactly which studies. Um, yeah, there you go, Kimberly oh, Williams. Yeah. So she's oh, an American lawyer, civil rights. Yeah, I'm like, she started teaching, yep, School of Law. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, she developed with the, er, race theory because there's in the 80s and 90s is when women of color feminism really started to, like, take a hold because mm-hmm. it was coming off of the civil rights movement and whatnot. Um, and so it's really just trying to acknowledge the various identities that make an individual and mm. notice, and then this is a different theory from a different person and i can't remember their name but like the knapsack of privilege you have different privileges and oppressions based off Mm. of those interacting identities and it's not necessarily that you as like a white person are constantly privileged in every aspect Um, because you might come from a different socioeconomic size you might have a different gender identity sexual orientation whatever it might be right um but bringing it back to feminism the way like the different types differ is how do you address those areas of inequality and work towards change? So like the socialist feminist will say like, hey, we really need to dismantle this capitalistic structure. We need to create a different way of economics as a way to ensure that there is equity in terms of jobs. Do they want to take out Amazon? I mean, I guess, yeah, sure. I mean, monopoly. Who knows? It's always the easiest way for me to understand something. <laughs> like Amazon or not. I, I'm pretty sure at this point people don't really like Amazon on on the whole, right? Like we can see the pros, but at the same time they're making some choices that are choices. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if I like it, but I'm going to keep using it. Well, the problem is, is because the they, they get things That's in the time. Problem. That's the problem. Why do That's you need problem. it right now? Well, that's a great point. See, Mariah makes a great point. Argument fucking destroyed. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Why do you need it right now, Kel? Mariah is. I don't know. (laughs) I I guess I don't. Shoot. Is what you're talking about with the, I guess, knapsack theory, Mm -hmm. is that kind of an 
I wouldn't say argument or answer, but it's kind of a response response to something like critical race theory. Mm. Where critical race theory meaning that it's basically taught that no matter what is that the uh, the critical race theory is basically if no matter what I don't have any. Sorry, I just up. saw my school that oh, really? I work for. It's a privilege. Yeah, if you it's NBC? no scroll down because it's right there. Danza. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep, I'm a counselor. Wow. There. Wow. So just yeah. revealed your. It's uh, crazy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> is that because oh, no. <laughs> critical race theory meaning is the idea of critical race theory that. When that is implemented, it basically means that regardless of kind of what this is saying, regardless of upbringing, regardless of anything, if you are white or Caucasian, whatever, that that means it is in your DNA from the time you're born, basically, to feel superior. Is that no, is that there's so in psychology in general. DNA only does so much in terms of nature versus nurture. Like nurture is like 75%, if not 80% of how we interact, right? And so from an early age, all things being equal, if we're really just going to look at race, there are going to be preferential experiences that Caucasian individuals will experience. Um, I think, I can't remember exactly who did the study or whatnot, but they had a bunch of little girls uh, pick their favorite doll. Mm-hmm. And they had dolls that represented a wide variety of um, racial identities. And mm-hmm. everyone really said, like, the prettiest doll was the white doll. And it is just from, like, messages that you get on social media from parents, from whatnot, because there is a very, like, Eurocentric Western beauty ideal. Mm-hmm. People who have no chance of meeting that just because of how their dna put together yeah Yeah. and how they present that's where there's like that underlying privilege even if you did make everything being exactly what it was Mm -hmm. or equal Mm -hmm. interesting it's crazy i mean it really is that makes sense in that even the interesting so even in like the study like that people kids who weren't white were Mm -hmm. choosing the one that was because in their mind based on whether it's you know disney cartoons or like Mm -hmm. unattainable standards of whatever yeah because if you think about it the only disney movie that has a black woman she spends majority of that movie as a frog Hmm. Never saw it's it. It's looking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it either. Princess you know, and the Frog? Which yeah. doesn't even make I, you look good I either. tried to watch it. It was like, kind of boring. Oh, I kind of like it. Really? I I, you know I what a like movie I did love Put was... Put the racist stamp on this one. No. <laughs> the one that I did love was Moana. Moana. Moana, Moana rules. So then I, I do want to ask you, because this happened a while ago where... Um, somebody called another individual um and and it was like in a basically it was a lot of a lot of white people only a couple people that weren't white and uh somebody referred to one of the girls saying you're so beautiful you're so exotic looking Mm. i hate that sorry that just like eeks me yeah how are they exotic how are they exotic how are they exotic how are they exotic i don't understand majority of people are not white Mm-hmm. How is that exotic? Yeah, I don't know. Exotic to maybe that person because it's not something they. 
grew up around. But, but why? I'm, why do you have to fetishize it? Why do you yeah, have to sexualize why do you have it? To, I mean, yes. you're not a chameleon from the anaconda, yeah, yeah. whatever the hell, <laughs> Amazon River. Yeah, I remember it always because uh, I'm obviously I've never referred to somebody in in that way. I call um, myself exotic every day. Uh, I'm like but someone's called me. It that. just <laughs> was very. I like was very like. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a. I mean, because. You could just why why can't they just be beautiful? Mm-hmm. What what why, why is it why does it have to be noticed it's, that they are? It's like wow, you speak really well for whatever right marginalized yeah. group you want to input there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like I I don't know about you, but I've heard people who have English as their first language and they fucking suck at it. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's me. <laughs> the fetishization thing is very interesting. It is it's, interesting. Um, what I think I've seen a lot, especially in comedy, is people who didn't grow up around, like, different types of people mm-hmm. were, like, I th- think I'm very lucky to have grown up around all kinds of different races of people and, mm-hmm. like, been part of, like, a very small white population at, like, my elementary school and mm-hmm. stuff that... I see a lot of people that maybe don't even realize they're doing it, but they're doing this weird fetishization thing where they didn't grow up around any kind of these marginalized groups. So they are like putting off this energy of like, I need everybody to know I'm not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In doing that, they do this fetishization thing. They probably don't even realize they're doing, but they're, it's almost more racist than being racist. Let me, like. oh, so, okay. So there's a concept of uh, benevolent sexism, right? And I think it can apply to racism as well. It's like, um here let me open the door for you right like mm-hmm. like ambivalent sex no <laughs> benevolent oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other one the research net um sorry i was like no <laughs> um where like hostile racism like we're very like yes that's bad but benevolence a little bit more nuanced and that they're going to be like, well, why are you upset about it? I'm just being nice. Like, oh, you should be yeah. taken care of because, you know, you're fragile. You're, you know, whatever it might be. For, uh. for in terms of race, it's like, wow, I really like your, you know, this. Or the people that, like, touch hair without asking permission to touch yeah. hair. Yeah, right. Um, right. Like, oh, well, I'm just trying to appreciate it. And it's just like know you're crossing a massive boundary and getting into someone's personal space yeah and making them uncomfortable yeah 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 mm-hmm. totally people are so people are so weird thing. people are well, so get weird get the fuck out of their hair would you, talk, you would you touch anybody else's hair what, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> can, I tell you, I can I tell you something? Is that I grew up in the type of neighborhood where my hair was so blonde that people were touching my hair yeah at the store and stuff. And my mom was like, yeah, fuck it, who cares? <laughs> but like, I mean, all kinds of black people, Mexican people are like, his hair is so blonde. Mm-hmm. Can I touch it? Oh, well, at least they asked. Yeah. I mean, they're not walking up and they're like, ooh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't even imagine if I felt someone touching my hair and I did not. You didn't know? I what? I mean, we've had people comment on our, because uh, Kelly and I have bowed legs. Um. Uh, we have people comment on them all the time, but let me tell you, the only people that compliment them are black people. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't know what black it is. people love them. But I, I don't know what it is, but they always they always compliment us on our bowed legs. 
Mm-hmm. I have no idea. And I really, I, it's like, is it, is it, uh, like, is it racist for me to look it up? I don't know. I don't like, know. Like, why did, uh, why, I, so why is it racist for you to, like, look things up and try and learn about it? You're right. You're right. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's offensive for me to Google, like, what's with the trend? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's. Bull-legged men? Honestly, I might, I might have looked it up one time in regards to why do, I was just like, why do people mm-hmm. like it? And it has to do with, like, women appearing as though they'd be good at birthing oh. a child. Oh, you mean what people have commented on me as having Mexican birthing hips? Something like that. You have yeah. a wider set pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. people assume that, that I, baby just gonna fly right out. <laughs> baby slip just, and slide. It'll be yeah. an easy. <laughs> I guess. Interesting. Yeah, I never thought about that. Here, let's let's go to the but topic. But white people always make fun of them. <laughs> it's true. Let's, That's a weird thing. Let's go to the topic of gender because this is something that clearly Allie and I are a little um, <laughs> unaware on if you okay. will or just we know it's a spectrum that's about where i'm at well everything is exactly okay <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so i'll have you know uh-huh. that i took a quiz the other day Ooh. <laughs> on what yeah it's Was it a on gender it's a quiz okay to figure out if you have a bias oh. towards cisgender or trans. And plus a, um attitudes test. Yes. <gasps> yes. Test. So what happened to you? It said. That, Making you the victim. No, no, no. <laughs> that I am literally across the board fine with everybody. Oh, that makes sense. That I, I literally. I, think I would be about the same. Literally no preference. Yeah. No nothing. Just total disdain <laughs> towards every person I meet. And. It was, it, it was, I wasn't shocked by it because I was kind of like, I really don't, I don't care either yeah, way, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to yeah. do with it, it's your business. You sure. Know? Um, and I think that's how Kelly and I kind of, uh, were raised in a sense. I mean, even when we, um, if, if I even discuss, um, you know, with my parents, like, oh, so-and-so is actually, you know, trans or something. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the initial response is, well, what does it matter? How is that your business? Or, or, or my favorite, which was, I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> See, but that's, that's like, that no one's good. a bit more problematic. Right? Oh, yeah. definitely, definitely, definitely. But that yeah. was said about everything. everything. Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Eh, I don't really want to hear about that. But if you can't uh, have a discussion about something, where you? Oh, right, I and know, I think I know, that's, I that's where there's been kind of a disconnect where it's like uh, Kelly and I obviously are not, there's, there's no hatred going on it's clearly just a lack of information and understand i mean we literally i mean but it's on us to educate ourselves oh 100 percent. so uh, but of course you know i got questions because i'm like i may have answers great (laughs) so obviously people can change their gender if they Mm -hmm. want to it's a spectrum Mm -hmm. how many times could you change gender before in your head it's more of like a personality thing well i mean here's the thing right because gender is basically a performance okay yeah i'm putting, um, on, a, I'm putting on a show yeah well so <laughs> <because> <laughs> it is every like, day you're so excited star. now you're like the comedian in me is so excited um so these earrings are not inherently feminine right 
we say right. that they are. Mm-hmm. And they look very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, and Where'd you get them? No, I'm <laughs> they were a gift. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> like, the shirt, the way it's cut, it's not inherently feminine. It's sure. just, it, it fits for my body, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we mm-hmm. have these assumptions that say, like, we're going to categorize this as feminine. We're going to categorize this as masculine. So even if you are, like, a male-bodied individual, you can still identify as a man and wear a dress. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, God, what's that gentleman's name? He Harry Styles. Well, not Harry Styles. That's <laughs> who I was thinking of. He put on a I dress. Was, I was Jonathan thinking... Van Ness? No. No, I was I was going, like, not recent. It was, oh, okay. It, it starts with an I. It's not Iggy. Is it Izzy? Iggy, Iggy Pop? Pop? Is it Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think in one of his famous um, interviews, yeah, one of his famous interviews, someone said, you know, what do you think about wearing women's dresses? And he's like, well, they're not women's dresses. They're my dresses. (gasps) Great point. Oh, love that point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so when you're asking, like, how many times can a person switch Mm -hmm. before it becomes like a personality thing? Like, is it just like what they're wearing? Is it their pronouns that they're wanting to use at the time? It's a full-on change. So, okay. What's a full-on th- change? I'm thinking like a full-on change where they, they do like use a full-on different pronouns. Announcing to the public, I will be now uh, known as this. Mm-hmm. How many how many times is where you're like, okay, this person needs to have a conversation with somebody? Well, I, like, think, I think you're talking, Kelly, more about fluidity rather than going like you wouldn't say that caitlin jenner is fluid you would say that she is a trans woman she's a trans Trans woman woman. versus somebody Mm -hmm. like eddie izzard who kind of is a more androgynous type and i think eddie izzard identifies as a man correct so i'm not even talking about the fluidity what you're talking about is like like hard switches jenner were to go back forth back forth back forth when do you say as a psychologist mm-hmm. this is not or this is normal i don't know but like when do you look at it and say okay this is more of something, a disorder yeah uh, something's happening here that's not as though they feel like they are supposed to be a woman and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well the question would be are they distressed or are you distressed uh Oh, I don't know. I because, mean, this is a hypothetical, so I have no idea. Because if they're not distressed by, mm-hmm. you know, playing with gender and by switching their gender identities, because there mm-hmm. are a number of people that I've worked with who identify as agender or gender fluid, mm-hmm. and so their pronouns change on a day-to-day basis. Like, sometimes they're feeling wow. more masculine, sometimes yeah. they're feeling more feminine. Um, Do you think that there is a, a level added to it, though, of understanding that the general public is not going to be on the same page with you every single day they don't you and know what i mean there's those buttons right yeah Wait, what do you mean so buttons. it's fairly common at this point where i so i have i in my office where i used to work because 
you know, remote working now, I had a collection of buttons where you could pick which one you were wearing and how oh. you to identify it at that. Isn't yeah, that helpful? That they have a lot of those mm-hmm. she or they buttons. They have a lot of them being sold around here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I guess, I mean, yeah, if all you have to put on is buttons. I haven't, I haven't seen them before. Did, 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 oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I would be on the same page as you where it's like, okay, so, because obviously you don't want to offend anybody if they feel, Yeah, you know, no, no, no. I just, there is a, do you think that mm-hmm. also if you you are the type of person who is making these switches. Do you think that there is a level of accountability and responsibility to, if you want to be acknowledged a certain way, wear the button or yeah. say that that is something that you, I mean, because, because it the, also depends on where you're at, right? Right. Like you're yeah, going to be far totally. more comfortable doing that than you would in the South. Right. 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 Um, also it is okay for you guys to ask if you're uncertain mm-hmm. you can just be like mm. hi mm. i'm so and so these are my pronouns i don't want to misgender you i want to make sure i'm referring to you respectfully yeah mm-hmm. how would you like me to refer to you yeah yeah and i think that that is one of those things that needs to be normalized in conversation is because asking is yeah. asking and also um not being because not being insulted mm-hmm. as a cisgender person if someone's like what are your pronouns oh she her you know whatever yeah. like move on let's move on it does who oh, gives which, a shit by the way minor she her didn't do that at the oh beginning. minor she her <laughs> she her yeah but see do you feel that that's something that needs to happen in every conversation or if maybe it's unsure I mean, mm. it could be if it's unsure, but why not do it in every conversation? Why is it not, hi, my name's Mariah, my pronouns are she, her? Yeah, if you're just meeting somebody. Yeah. Especially, right? Yeah. Unless, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a more mm. difficult switch, I would say, to... Um, it's definitely, it's, I think the it's interesting because is, it's so easy, mm-hmm. but it has been... People have such a problem with it. People have such a problem well, with it. I think it, it's partly because, I mean, it's mm-hmm. been going on for so long that, you know, you introduce yourself as, hi, I'm Kelly, hi, I'm Allie, and well, that's it. Before, like, you know, whenever I got a, you know, a new partner and I would meet their family for the first time, mm-hmm. oftentimes they would introduce themselves and say, you can call me X, right? Instead of, like, you can call me by my first name or you can call me Mrs. Ramirez. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, when my mom met you guys for the first time. Yeah, yeah. She said, you can call me Michelle. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely. Because yep. I think you guys were just so I, formal and kind of like, Mrs. hi, Mrs. Mrs. Wright. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think... um. I mean, I don't give a shit if someone asks me what my thing is. So it's like, why can't I ask you? No, no, no. I mean, it's it's totally, it's not, I think it uh, just, I think the problem is, is if I were to ask, like, let's say, let's say you're somebody, you're a hardcore Republican, let's just mm-hmm. say, right? And I say, hi, I'm Kelly. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Then are they going to be like, oh, you do pronouns? Oh, you do what? You know what I'm saying? It's and like people get uncomfortable by that. That's their problem. Yeah, yeah, it is their. Problem. You're right, but I mean, you're but, right. But what I think what you're saying is that it people obviously want to be liked. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. like in our nature to want to be liked. Yeah. So when we meet people and we kind of already have the understanding based off of what we've gathered, what we've gathered, or what we've previously heard, or whatever. 
to say right off the bat something that at this point in time is a more political than it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand it, why it's politicized. I, I don't know. get it at all. But my my point is is that for a lot of people, it's uncomfortable to yeah. say something right when you meet somebody that could polarize the relationship more mm-hmm. than just not saying it's it just at like, all. You know, you got transgender people on both sides. Yes. So yeah. it's just a silly conversation that it's mm-hmm. even right. You know, well, I mean, you, you really do. So it's it's just. Uh, I, I mean, so many it, things are politicized now, though. Borderline everything. Well, I think that it's <laughs> yeah. like if you do call, identify yourself as a different kind of pronoun that people are inferring. Which a lot of inferring happens where it's like if mm-hmm. people say, I do this, I live here, immediately it's like, well, that means you, Blank. this, yeah. this, and that. Yeah. And it's like, I just. So if I said, I'm, my name is Kelly, my pronouns are she, her, people might think that I'm trans? No, I think a lot of people would well, be like, might. duh. Where mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like, <laughs> I like somebody just using, I guess. Keep them guessing. My, <laughs> like using myself <laughs> as an example of being like. I think that it's obvious in a scenario with that I don't stray outside of whatever I guess normal gender lines or somebody like my dad. You yeah. be- you believe that like you come across as cisgender, so there's no point in which I mean I feel the same way. Like I feel like when you look at me, it is clear yeah. that I am. But well, first you have big dude behavior. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I just also feel like a lot of people find it. Which, it, I mean, kind redundant? of unnecessary? redundant and a little bit unnecessary where it's like to state. Yeah. To some people, whether they're on whatever side will be like, well, there's so much other shit going on that we probably it doesn't <laughs> even it's beyond. And it also took like two seconds to say all of our preferred pronouns or not preferred pronouns, yeah. just pronouns. Um, and so that's the thing is that My preferred like, one is motherfucker. Yes, naturally. <laughs> um, and so the thing is, is that it, it really just, there is not a lot of effort into it. And so it's like, why not? Why not? And the assumptions, like, it makes sense because over history, we had to operate off of heuristics in order to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to assume something's a threat because we've been threatened by it before. And we're just going to keep that going uh, because it'll ensure our survival. Um, but now that we're not under like super immense life or death threat every day from like the lion that's our neighbor right Mm -hmm. we don't have to necessarily rely on them anymore Mm -hmm. um and if it's a point of being liked, like again that's again evolutionarily really beneficial because if we weren't liked we were dead Right. right um and now it's a little bit of flexibility and not having to be liked by the entire world mm-hmm. right before we were just having to be liked by the, our tribe mm-hmm. um yeah now it's like i mean you just have so many more eyes on you than mm-hmm. you did before now that's why some people choose to not be on social media etc cetera, etc cetera, because mm-hmm. they're like i just want to live my life and yeah. you know no one to look at me and stuff but it's simply not that way anymore now with yeah. everything online yeah and you can always get far much more information online like um I think it's called the ABCs of gay, and I can't remember the author. Then they literally just told me about it. Uh, where if you're confused or questioning language about it, 
Um, ABCs of Gay, Not Gender Identity. Uh, it's a different book. Or ABCs of LGBT could be potentially one of them. Um, Ash Hardell, that's right. Um, in terms of just, like, finding out what words to use, right? Because, like, cisgender is a word that no one – I think you had made the comment that if someone had ever called you cisgender before, you would have been like, what the hell is that? Yeah, no, literally. Does does cis stand for something? C-I-S? No, I don't think so. So it's when you uh, have a gender identity that aligns with the sex assigned at birth. Yeah. Got it. All right. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Because so sex, like we're talking about biological like components in terms of like primary sex characteristics and secondary ones, but it's not just, you know, male or female bodied. There is also intersex, but I think that term is also outdated. Um, So divergent sex characteristics or sex presentations where you may have like an extra Y or X chromosome. And so your primary Mm. sex characteristics might look different. Yeah. Right. Um, you might have ovaries as well as a penis, you know, it's just, yeah. um, mm. a lot. That's why I made the comment earlier of like, well, everything's a spectrum. Cause even right. like biology, which we're like, no, that's hard science. It's just like, no, there's a lot of gray area in there. Um, but the gray area was never safe for us. And now we can actually sit in it. Yeah. Man. Imagine having ovaries and a dick wild. I mean, it's all from similar tissue. Like, you don't... The reason why they can't tell you the sex of your child until a certain point is because the development switches. Mm-hmm. Like, So it's really not... Uh, we're not that far off. No. Literally, testes kinda... and ovaries are, this, are made from the same tissue. It's just how it develops. In do the you womb. think when someone comes out of the womb and they have both, do you think the doctor laughs at all? They shouldn't. I really It'd hope not. That's like super traumatic for like, <laughs> like, like birth is tr- not, not that they come out with both sex characteristics, but birth labor is a traumatic experience. Yeah. yeah. And if all of a sudden the doctor starts laughing, yeah, I'm sorry. If I'm like in those stirrups <laughs> and like in so much physical pain. and I had to laughing? ask the question. I don't know. You had to. I had. No option. Yeah, this is a safer space for you to ask questions. Yeah, the doctor's just like you're telling me. You're telling me a doctor has never laughed at the wrong time. I'm not saying that they haven't, but they they at least I mean even before COVID they were wearing masks in there, so that's true, right? Yeah, I don't even know. I mean. There's got to be some horror scenario. Well, I mean, there's just got to be. I mean, I'm sure there's been once or twice where a doctor has been like, "That's." interesting that's different than i thought it would i mean like that i'm sure has happened yeah. um now whether or not they, they to, disclose yeah. that emotion to the patient poker face yeah probably <laughs> but also i mean if the patient's knocked out you know on anesthesiologist or whatever and it's kind of like hey, you could probably laugh and get away with it well the problem is is that you know and then people are bringing in the telephones nowadays and setting you just up the, hope that the, you're... the camera phone recorded during yeah. the procedure well, in case anything weird it, goes it, on you're just hoping that when you're I, a doctor that yeah, you're just hoping that uh, what's up? Recording the procedure, <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna is, watch wait, it later. There's there was a, a woman. It was um, she she caught her uh, doctors being racist towards her. Um, she went under the knife and she recorded it. Uh, this was just That's in 2020. She recorded it. Sterile. Uh, yeah, and wait, they were saying numerous so racist things. Huh? Your phone has so many germs. That's I don't know where did she is. where did she put the phone? I don't know. 
but it was i mean i i saw the video <laughs> wow yeah yeah they Ooh. said she had wide birthing hips uh, <laughs> or did she i could have sworn yeah, yeah no i mean she recorded it because i remember it was like uh i mean that was the headline was patient records because i mean it makes racist sense conversation like during getting your um like your wisdom teeth out like yeah outpatient procedure i did not have to wear a gown for it so i could have like if i had a pocket in mm-hmm. there i could literally just turn my phone around and record the entire time and hear what they were doing um later obviously because i'd be out i don't know but what under the oh. <laughs> i'm i'm so concerned yeah i guess they had like been they had said a couple things prior that she was like you know what when i go under i'm gonna record this because they've been a little weird so far that I bet they say some stupid stuff, don't it? And they did. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Crazy. Anyway, Kelly. Okay. So the last big question that I have is mm-hmm. why do some people have transphobia towards some trans people and not others in the same with homophobia? Like why why mm. are there some people that are like, oh, it's cool that you're gay, but then other people it's like, Because you're cool. the exception. You're the token representation of what a good person looks like. Ah. Um, about it um <laughs> a lot of the like heterosexism uh-huh. is is really coming from a place of you are acting outside the bounds of these like prescribed gender roles uh-huh. that i really like hang so closely to mm-hmm. like, and so for let's say a woman who is a trans woman Mm-hmm. who you know really presents very femininely mm-hmm. and passes mm-hmm. well someone may not have an issue with her because she is performing gender in a way that is within that like normal mm-hmm. bounds for this person that's acceptable they're hyper feminine so they are obviously okay however if a trans woman is still dressing fairly like androgynously and mm-hmm. is not actively choosing to have top surgery mm-hmm. or you know take hormones or whatever it might be whatever their mm-hmm. choice is mm-hmm. um because they're not choosing to behave in these very like strict rigid gender roles mm-hmm. then they might have more issues with that mm-hmm. same with sexual orientation right mm-hmm. um with a gay man there's again the spectrum of how you interact with the world Mm -hmm. and if you're more feminine or if you're more masculine if you are a gay man who's more masculine and still like has traditional gender roles Mm -hmm. and and the way that you interact you might be okay yeah because i know a lot of people who are like yeah i don't like they look at a guy who's very masculine and they Mm -hmm. might be gay but they're like i don't really care yeah he likes dudes whatever but like if a flamboyant gay guy Came that over, makes them uncomfortable. It'd be like, I'm uncomfortable. What are you going to touch me? Whatever. And, it, and typically yeah. the gay guy is like, I wasn't going to touch you. Also, <laughs> God forbid you be treated like women have been treated over the Yeah, yeah. Over God forbid for two women. minutes yeah. somebody yeah. finds you attractive and acts on it immediately without you wanting to. <laughs> Bruce? <laughs> Go ahead. What are your thoughts on uh, this, hey, sir? Bruce Gray, uh, he, him. Um, it's, <laughs> no, it's interesting because I... <laughs> Yeah. Grew up in a he him he his <laughs> he him yeah it's he him his it's all he him, he him his. his yeah you it's, forgot one I don't do he <laughs> him it's two you get two off the top yeah. <laughs> at, at that point we could 
assume, right? But yeah, you shouldn't. He him she's. Wait, what's my third one? She her hers. It's because uh, you add possessive. an ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Just that <laughs> I like my parent. Well, my whole family is like very conservative. Like Central California is basically mm-hmm. Texas, and the my dad's sister is a lesbian, mm-hmm. like hardcore. And um, like so- college softball national championship lesbian, and <laughs> so she has this very large. Did you know you can get credits in lesbian? You can. Did you know? That? Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. have to get so many holes punched in your card in order for it to be valid, right? You can yeah. like rank up, and she's the top <laughs> rank. Uh, she's where I mean, these you know, I feel like that's like top rank college softball. Absolutely, oh, if you win, yeah. three, I'm not disagreeing with you if at you all. Win three college national softball championships. I feel yeah. like that's like. I mean, you're a badass either way. You're a badass yeah. either way, but I feel like that's like the peak, peak lesbianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, I've grown up around a lot of, especially a lot of lesbians. And then my uncle on my mom's side is also gay. He's mm-hmm. very, like, manly, like, oil mm-hmm. worker manly. And his boyfriend, I mean, now is probably, like, his civil union, whatever you want to call it, because they've been together since before you could actually do that legally. Mm. Um is like truly the gayest person I've ever met in my whole life. Like, like <laughs> he's awesome, and him and my dad are like very good friends. My dad and my uh, uncle. I what did I say? Oh, my uncle Jeremy, um, who has like I mean like Hello Kitty sleeve tattoos and is like a very gay gentleman. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because people like very conservative, like but not in a religious way. Like my parents would are not ones to be like that's wrong Mm -hmm. and this even like to a point where my cousin whose parents are more shamefully like conservative in a shameful way Mm -hmm. called like if you met my dad you would be like oh like he's hilarious this and that but he's like he's not somebody that somebody's gonna call to come out of the closet but like my cousin came out of the closet to my dad Mm -hmm. instead of like his family and so it's all it's a very weird dichotomy i guess of like they're conservative in a very strange way <laughs> where it's like they have a lot of gay friends and that's not something that bothers them where i think that kind of just tying it back into the transgender thing where it's like now i imagine they would be like oh okay that's definitely different but mm-hmm. i m- imagine in x amount of years when i guess that's more brought to the forefront as far mm-hmm. as like homosexuality has been brought to the forefront mm-hmm. also i think it's just something that happens over time Does your your family knows how to party that's another <laughs> thing like if you know how to party like eventually two beers in you're like yeah whatever you know i don't, <laughs> I don't care where so like if you don't know how to party and people like really uptight like they that sucks you know, that's that's a different you know and also it's also when when religion gets thrown into it in such an intense way, I feel like you oftentimes find a different group of people who uh, the hatred is not just coming from, you know, oh, these are my own thoughts, but they, for whatever reason, have decided that a higher power has okayed that type of yep. hatred. The Lord made trans people, so you better get on board. Well, that almost kind of ties back into what you guys are talking about with Thailand, which I forgot to bring up earlier. But Oh, it is Thailand. <laughs> Thailand, but it's a Buddhist thing, which apparently in other countries, I think it's like Iran also maybe, mm-hmm. that it's almost more, it's more acceptable to be transsexual mm-hmm. rather than 
it is. Sorry, I'm gonna get some kind of feedback here. Is than it is to be gay. Where in like Buddhism and other stuff like that, it's like uh, transsexuality has existed for a long time, but mm-hmm. so that's like in their thing. But homosexuality is not mm. accepted. Yeah. So a lot of people that are gay in other countries like with Iran, like Thailand, will just go, "Oh well, I'll just be a trans person instead," because that'll just, be more accepted. Yeah. Do they, do they stay within kind of the binary of either, you know, woman or m- male identified or yeah, is so. there I more think, fluidity? I think that's definitely in the binary and I think that they don't. That's why, because they're like, men are this, women are mm. this. And if you want to switch over to then one or the other, it, go but ahead. Yeah. But don't. Interesting. Don't yeah. flip. That flop, is interesting. Yeah. Huh. Huh. But. I wow. Think, uh, yeah, I think we are at about like an hour. Uh, and then good. some? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. <laughs> this for has sure. been so fun. Really so informative. Uh, yeah, oh, my God. I, mean, I yeah. feel enlightened. Yeah. I feel better, honestly. I feel lighter as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Things have been lifted from my, you know. Yeah. Thank you so heart. much for yeah, coming thank on you. the pod yeah. and, you know, sharing your wisdom with us. And, be, and, be, and being so uh, open and honest about things because mm-hmm. it's really, you know, that's why we wanted you on here because yeah. I yeah. think it is important for us to gain a different perspective obviously but uh, you know it's important for people to understand that's like just because you don't understand something or haven't been educated on it doesn't mean that you can't be and yeah. and yeah. there's well, it's just you know, so funny the way that you also respond to things where i'm like <laughs> i'm like amazon's great and you're like but why do you need it right now and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i just think that you have this way of just like well, yeah, because it's reminding like it, people, yeah, and yeah. educating people in a way that again is not condescending. It's just very like, well, well, why? I mean, people yeah. need to be questioned on what they they think and what they say, and it's not and it's not demeaning. It's it, critical thinking is something that pushes us all to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so when you you know say something that you think is you know, the way it is, it's important to have people in your life who will look at you and go, is it? Yeah. And then yeah. you go, oh, no, it's not. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, definitely acknowledging that this is, you know, my perspective all over what I've learned. And I, you know, everything evolves as we get more and more knowledge. And so I mm-hmm. could be wrong. Like, who knows? In the future, I may just be incredibly wrong. And so that's where, like, it's important to go to those online resources like PFLAG or... Um, that book that I talked about, ABCs of Gay, to just like mm-hmm. get the information yeah. somehow, and I'm happy to always talk it through. Yeah, I mean, this is like our you know psych course freshman year where I just sat literally in between your beds. <laughs> yeah, and- she really did. Um, and let me tell you, Kelly and I still barely. I think we both got C's. I got C's. I got yeah, C's. I got C's in psychology. Mariah helped for sure, but holy shit, Kelly and I were sitting there going, "We I are distracted a- by the two young gentlemen in front of yeah, us." Yeah, God, are, yeah, yeah, yeah finally hooked up with one junior year. <laughs> I remember that you were so proud. I was so proud. <laughs> Not me though. Mine, mine was never interested. Oh. I'm sure you found somebody. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found. Oh, I found somebody. Um, all right. Well, people. this this has been so fun. Thank you, Mariah, for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks um, for the invite. And, of course. Uh, thanks for watching, listening. We will yep. see you next time on Just Talking. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> that was such a wholesome ending.